You are listening to River City Revival. This is Reverend Liz Jackson. Today's sermon is Attitudes of Yah, Encountering Doubt, a Cynthia Held Study, Part 1. As always, in the description box of this podcast, you will find a link to the Lion's Tears Ministry where you can read and study this information on your own and continue to grow your faith and relationship with our one true creator. As you may know from prior sermons, I am a Cynthia Held fan. Her books have helped me in many areas of my life, and I feel as if the Lord God Almighty, our Creator, is speaking through her. The Lord God Almighty asks me questions and makes me think, just like I would think any loving father would ask their child. So, the Lord God said that I have to study why I doubt myself so much. And it just so happens Abba had me order a book titled Becoming a Woman of Freedom by Cynthia Held a few months ago. I had received it, but I didn't feel the need to read it or even look at it. So I put it in my drawer with my journals and my Bibles and my other books, and I just simply forgot about it. However, after doing the sermons on the seven seals, I began to lose confidence. Those were really rough for me, delivering that message, because, one, I don't want to sound like any other doomsday preacher or anything like that. That is never my intent. I want to do the will that our Creator has asked of me His way, and never my own. But I always find myself questioning myself after giving sermons like the seven seals or how Noah divided the land amongst his children. Difficult because it takes a lot out of me spiritually. And sometimes I'm exhausted after sermons and doing work and then I need to go take a nap because I'm just drained. And I always ask myself, if I gave enough information, did I deliver the sermon how our Father wanted it? Did I sound like every other doomsday preacher? Because, again, that's not my intentions. And did I write the sermons in a way a reader can follow without me giving the sermon verbally? Because I know looking back in the sermons that I have written two years prior, um, sometimes it's still an outline form. And I can follow my train of thought, but that's not the intent. Because I know what I'm trying to convey. It's whether or not you understand what I'm trying to say. So I had a few more doubts. Um... Again, after doing the Seven Seal sermons, and it just, I don't know. I am a person who has, you know, PTSD and depression already, so it's easy for me to doubt myself, um, but it's not okay. 
So doubt is a thing everyone experiences, but has to overcome. And that's hard when you have a history of abuse or traumatic experience. Self-doubt becomes distrust in our lives and becomes a hindrance to our way of living. So then after, you know, realizing this, even though I already know this, you, you know how your mind works. There's that aha moment and there's stuff in your head that you already know, but you're not in the mood to even deal with. That in happened to me for the last three weeks. February is always a hard time for me, and I'll get into that in a moment. But once I began to realize I was making these sermons about how well I did, the Lord God pointed out that I was taking my eyes off of him. So when he pointed that out to me, I was told to open Cynthia Held's book, and work on myself. I have always told you in all sermons that I am not perfect and I will never claim to be perfect. I am trying to maintain and do the best that I can. I know that we all have our own personal struggles with certain things. As I've mentioned in prior sermons, my biggest thing is sex because that is what happens whenever you are sexually abused. You either repress and don't want to be touched or you have wild and crazy sex and you try to fill that void with whatever. So I'm open about that and I always will be. Because Abba Yah told me I will never be allowed to lie to you. And if he feels like I'm being dishonest, then he doesn't allow the recordings and things just don't work out. And that's an indicator for me that, hey, some information or something I said is wrong. Especially when my computer doesn't work right. So then I go back and I fix it. So again... Because I have been called to be open and honest with all the information that our creator gives us. I also have to be open and honest about my personal struggles. And that is what I feel most ministers, preachers, reverends, whatever label you want to put on somebody, fails to do. Now, I have also told you that I've grown up Lutheran. I've also attended Baptist church. I've attended non-denominational churches. And I find that in Baptist churches, your testimony is heard more so than any other, you know, box of religion. So being able to hear a preacher tell me about his struggles, like Pastor Perkins used to do, was very wanted by myself because I needed to know how a man of faith got through difficult times. And Pastor Perkins, oh boy, I got to know his family very well because the man I dated 
about 15 years ago now, was friends with his son. And his son is one who got on drugs and went the way of the world and not of God. So I do keep him in his prayers. But Pastor Perkins would talk to me about his struggles and Mrs. Perkins and even, you know, their daughter. And it was just, it was heartwarming to know that even he, a man of faith, still struggles. And I find comfort in that. I really do. Because then I know I'm not alone. So that is my entire point that I'm making. I want you, the reader or listener, to know that if you're struggling, you're not alone. I am a strong woman of faith. If it wasn't for our creator, I know I'd be dead. I know I know things could have turned out horribly worse than what they were. The Lord God Almighty, our creator, saved me many times from my own selves and decisions that, you know, I made or shouldn't have made that got me into trouble that he pulled me away from that I didn't even know I was going to encounter in the first place because he saved me. And, and I owe him my life because I know these things. But at the same time, I also know that self-doubt is harmful to us. But, again, when you have a history of trauma and abuse, and then you start doubting yourself, that starts to snowball. And so we're going to start this series on doubt so that we can learn how to overcome doubt. So doubt is defined as, um, and this is by iresearch.net and the psychology definition of self-doubt. Self-doubt has been defined as uncertainty about one's abilities, potential for success or competence, and performance situations. As self-doubt concerning personal abilities increases, Global self-esteem tends to decrease because self-doubt presents the threat to global evaluations of oneself. Hence, self-doubt can lead to both self-handicapping, i.e. creating or claiming obstacles that reduce the probability of success, while at the same time providing an excuse for failure and or overachievement such as striving to perform beyond one's capabilities in order to protect the self from the implications of failure. As such, self-doubt is often studied in the context of performance. Self-doubt includes thoughts and feelings, such as wondering whether or not one has the ability to succeed at important activities, having thoughts that focus on the bad things that might occur, feeling unsure of one's abilities more often than not, and experiencing greater emotional impact as a result of avoiding failure than achieving success. 
Among university students, self-doubt is negatively related to variables such as achievement, motivation, self-esteem, and narcissism, and positively related to variables such as self-handicapping, social anxiety, and imposter feelings in which success is perceived as undeserved. So it's not in that sentence talking about positive variables such as self-handicapping and social anxiety. Positive, there should not really be the word, and I need you to understand I did not write that, um, but it's, if you understand psychology, positive is really negative feedback that resorts from, in this case, self-doubt. So your negative feedback is going to be social anxiety and imposter feelings in which success is perceived as undeserved. When you do succeed and obtain your goals and achievements. So again, self-doubt is wondering whether or not you have the ability to succeed in important activities. And again, I was finding myself doubting my ability to deliver the message Abba Yah asked of me clearly and concisely and thoroughly because it's important. His words are so important. And I started feeling like maybe I failed you guys who listen and watch the videos. I felt like I was failing him. And really, my self-doubt was coming from other factors that I will discuss with you in just a moment. Doubt is defined by the dictionary as a mental state in which the mind remains suspended between two or more contradictory propositions, meaning unable to be certain of any of them. On an emotional level, indecision between belief and disbelief. So basically, self-doubt is the lack of belief in yourself. What causes self-doubt? It may involve uncertainty, distrust, or lack of convention on certain facts, actions, motives, or decisions. Doubt can result in delays or rejecting relevant action out of concern for mistakes or missed opportunities. Doubt is opposed to belief, meaning lack of belief is what doubt is all about. So what is belief? Belief defined by Merriam-Webster states, a state or habit of mind in which trust or confidence is placed in some person or thing. So after learning, I was placing my trust and my work and not what Abba Yah was showing me. I was then asked to really examine why I doubt. So what causes my self-doubt? And I made a list, and it's important for you to make a list and journal and really inspect your heart and mind. And that's what I love about Cynthia Held's books, because they ask questions that make you think, and 
correlates with Bible verses that matter and Bible stories that matter. So again, my self-doubt comes from one, when negative memories enter my mind. When that occurs, rumination happens, depression begins to set in, I start to get tired and lose motivation, and then I start to question past choices that I have made at all ages, depending on memory popping into my head. So unless I catch myself doubting myself early, I can bypass, you know, the questions of the past choices I've made. I can bypass getting tired and losing motivation, and I can bypass depression and rumination because I can feel myself doubting, and then I can, you know, get my tools and occupy my time and get my thoughts off of what's going on. However, for the last three weeks, I did not really do that because it was my birthday, and February is always a bad month for me. My birthday is February 9th. My grandfather died February 11th, and I spent my um, my 11th or 12th birthday in the VA hospital watching him die. And that was hard because he was my father. He was there for us. He took care of us when my mama couldn't. He was, he was there. And I loved my grand, my grandpa. He was the man in my life. And I honestly believe if my grandfather was still alive, even though I know he'd be deceased now because he'd be like a little over a hundred years old, but Regardless, I honestly believe if he was alive, I would not have gone into abusive relationships and my daughters would not have been molested and sodomized. And I really think about that because if I needed my grandfather, I know he would have been there for me. And I know things would have been different, but I don't control who lives and dies. And that's something I have to remind myself that as much as I wanted my grandpa alive, it was his time to go and it doesn't matter what I want. Another reason why February is so horrible, in 2017, I was taking care of a woman with congestive heart failure because I was doing home health and the night before, we talked about getting cupcakes for my birthday. I show up at my designated time um, to sit with her, and I find her dead in her bed. She had passed away in the night, and I couldn't get into her house at all um, because she was a little old lady who, at the time, was afraid of clowns and would lock her screen door. So without authorization... And knowing exactly what happened, because she wasn't responding to me, I could not, you know, break in her door, even though her neighbor and I tried really hard because she had a key. So I had trouble getting a hold of my employer. 
I had trouble getting a hold of my client's daughter and finally was able to get a hold of the police who came in and bust her door open and my little old lady was like she was asleep but eternal sleep and then I was the one who had to tell her daughter on my birthday that her mother passed away and her she's just heartbroken because she was an only child and then not even <laughs> not even that is enough my aunt was battling cancer at this time and mind you my oldest daughter was sick and everything too but my aunt wanted me to come and be a home health aide for her and I told her I said please just wait till the weekend and I'll come Saturday night or Sunday I'll come Sunday and I'll sit with you and she's like okay sis you know that's fine because I told her I said my lady just died and I would really like to take a couple days to myself and she's like no sis that's fine I understand and so I went out on a date and then my aunt falls and slips into a concussion and I know that's not because I wasn't there, but do you understand that I told my aunt to wait so I could go out and have fun? And then Valentine's Day is or was the anniversary of my first marriage. So don't even get me on pagan Valentine's Day. I'm glad I learned the truth about that. Um, let's see. What else? There's more that has happened in February other than those events, I'm sure. But regardless, those are like residual memories in my subconscious that at this time of the year, especially around my birthday I can start feeling my energy shift and I can start just feeling different probably around February 7th so then I carry an attitude past Valentine's Day at least because I still have all these memories going through my head two years after my lady died and I loved her daughter she was so good to me her daughter would message me and I would have to try to comfort her and it was just it was awful so that's why I don't do home health anymore by the way as well because you do especially when you're with someone six days a week and four to five hours out of the day get to know someone we watched Bold and the Beautiful, Young and the Restless I cooked for her, I cleaned, I did everything and we hung out and got to know each other. And she was like a grandma I never had. And she would even let me bring my daughters over. And she understood when I had to go to Tulsa for my oldest daughter and her eating disorder. And the family was just so great. And I knew that I would never probably find another family like them, for one. But the simple fact that now my birthday that's all I remember is being at the VA watching my grandpa die and then my lady passing away in her bed and my aunt falling 
like February can just hurry up and leave. So that is the real reason I started self-doubting. What else causes my self-doubt is when I overthink things. I question how I respond in situ situations that I really have no control over. And then rumination begins. And trust me, I can ruminate on everything because my memory still keeps hold of everything. And I try to push it away. I try to use my coping skills. And again, that's all a process. You have to incorporate that. Because when you start feeling anxious and when you start self-doubting, then that's the time to use your coping skills. However, sometimes... I just feel like I'm coping all day long, and so I gave in to my self-doubt. Another reason I self-doubt is because I lack a stable job. I am used to having stability when it comes to money, even if it's not enough money. I still am used to getting a steady paycheck every week or two, and DoorDash is so sporadic that that has given me a different level of anxiety about can I pay my bills? But then I also have to, when I start thinking about that, think that this is a pandemic or whatever, and everybody is being hard hit. Whether or not you believe COVID-19 is real or a made-up thing, that's your prerogative. But with these policies and everything that is affecting everyone, that's my worry. Do I make enough money to pay my bills just like everybody else? And so that causes me to have self-doubt. I start doubting, do I work long enough? Can I tolerate crazy traffic after 1 o'clock in the afternoon? Is it worth my anxiety driving or my anxiety being at home thinking about, am I going to pay my bills? And so then I tell myself I have to give that to the Lord God Almighty, put it at his feet and walk away. And again, most days, that is easy to do. It's just with February, from the week of February 7th to, I would say, the 17th, nothing mattered. Something else that causes my self-doubt is questioning my mothering choices. I question now how many times a week should I call my adult children I question, do I wait for them to call me or text me? And then I question, am I giving my youngest daughter enough tension since she has the whole house to herself and she's enjoying doing her own thing? I don't want to suffocate her because she is 16. She'll be 17 this year. My oldest two are 18 and 19 and out of the house and they're doing their own thing. My middle daughter, she'll text me if I text her. My oldest daughter, she'll get around to it. So I'm, you know, trying to find a new place in my life from going from a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, you know, in-home mom to having adult children. And so I've been reading about empty nest and, you know, stuff like that, but... 
since I really don't have many friends or friends that have adult children, I really don't have many people to speak to in regards to how they've handled their child moving out. Again, I'm 37 years old. I should be able to go and have fun and do what I want to within moderation, of course. But I find myself feeling more alone than what I did before. Another thing that causes my self-doubt is having too much time to think. Also, from February 7th up until the 17th, it had snowed a lot in Missouri. And this is a problem for me because if I have too much idling time on my hands, my brain kicks whatever it wants to out. So I can be watching TV and next thing I know, they said something and here comes a memory. Or I, you know, am an Aquarius woman. So I think about everything. And I do believe in signs and that's going to be another sermon for another day. But I question everything too. And when I start to get bored, I think about things that I really should not be thinking about. And most of the time, it's my past. And if I would have done things different in my past, how would my future be now? And we can't think like that because we're not living in the present when we think like that. And that's why I try not to have too much time on my hands to think. Whenever Abba Yah gives me an assignment, I try here now within the last three years to do it when he tells me because one that's for his benefit and two that's for my benefit because he's keeping me busy and occupied rather than thinking about things that I can no longer change and things that have happened 10 20 years ago that yes affect me and who I am today, but really is still weighing me down because I'm holding on to it like it just happened five seconds ago. And that's not okay. So these five reasons are a few examples of why I self-doubt. I get triggered and after repetitively getting rejected from work offers, you know, sometimes my self-doubt sets in because I know my resume is really good and it's never taken me this long to find a job. But I also know that change of circumstances has been in place since last year. So we're not living in the same times as we were back in 2019 and prior. And so I have to keep that in my forefront too. That it's not me, but all these elements. And then, you know, sometimes this is where it's up to us to decide whether or not we give over to doubt and feel depressed and awful. Or do we, you know, choose to keep on keeping on? And it's hard, especially whenever, you know, all you have done your whole life is kept on keeping on in order to prevent yourself from going crazy and insane by what life is doing to you. And so it's just important for us to remember that when we 
doubt ourselves, we are doing ourselves a disservice. So now you understand why I self-doubt. Um, so Abba, yeah, he sat me down and began to work on me. While doing so, he showed me some upcoming sermons as well. And for you to see, my doubt was coming from me being afraid, once again, of not being good enough to deliver the true word of Abba Yah to you. And it really stemmed from that nobody remembered my birthday this year. And that's fine because I talked to my youngest daughter and she said, Mom, you hate your birthday. Why would I want to remember it or say anything? And I said, well, you know what? That is very true because I do. I want February 9th and February to just be done and be skipped, but I know that isn't possible. Um, so she was like, why would we say anything? Or at least I, why would I say anything? And it was the first year that no one, not even my parents, my sister, my brother, um, my little sister, anyone, when I say nobody, I mean nobody remembered my birthday. So then I began to question if this was how it was always going to be and drifting apart from everyone. And now that my daughters are older, are they ever going to remember me? But again, I'm happy that they're living their own lives. And so then Abba Yah had to tell me that it's not about me. And I had to have a reality check because it's not. It's about him. It's about our creator. And even birthdays are paganish. And I never celebrated my birthday, to be honest. I always did something that the girls would like, that they would want to do. I would get pizza. You know, they'd make me things like kids do. And I always loved it. But as for, you know, me for real... I know I've only celebrated my birthday maybe a handful of times as an adult. And to, I don't know, have nobody remember me though, it was just different. And so I didn't take it good. But I didn't take it good because I was already in a frame of self-doubt because I was doubting my I was doubting whether or not I was good enough to deliver God's word. And, and that wasn't okay. Because I know what he showed me. I know what he's done for me. And I know what he's asked of me. So I have to also know that the delivery is the way he wants it. But on top of no one remembering my birthday, I then began to question whether I was worthy of anything for real. But the Lord God said I was looking for validation through man and not him. So by doubting myself, I was really doubting the Lord God Almighty and his will for my life. And I know I'm blessed to be his vessel. And I know what he has to say really does come out of me 
when he wants to type it or speak it because I only type and speak according to his directive. And so I should never doubt whether or not I am good enough for him because his love casts out all fear and self-doubt is a form of fear because disbelief is a synonym for fear. And so in the next couple of parts of this sermon, we're going to look at doubt in the Bible. We're going, we're going to study how to overcome doubt. And we're going to continue to build our self-esteem because doubt comes from lack of self-esteem. We're going to build each other up because that's what we should do. And again, by giving you my testimony and what I've been experiencing, I do pray that that helps encourage you to overcome your self-doubt because whew, it's 2021 and things are still looking intense. People are barely getting by. Stores and restaurants are going under because people can't afford to operate their small businesses. And I know I'm not the only one experiencing doubt because I know I'm not the only one looking for work either. So we all have a lot to learn while keeping in mind that we shouldn't ever look for validation through mankind. Our creator is enough. But when we start to doubt, we should rely on our brothers and sisters to help pick us up and sustain us and to give us the right food because Abba Yah says, feed my sheep. So we need to talk and lift each other up and teach each other how to overcome. And so that is the purpose of this next, probably, I want to try to make it a three-part series, but I can't promise anything. It is a pretty heavy chapter in Cynthia Held's book, but that's okay too. So however long Abaya makes this series is however long it's going to be, and I just want to give you an introduction onto what we're going to learn next, because doubt is something that we can all control and overcome and be aware of. And I think that's important too. We have to be aware of what's going on in our hearts and minds, whether or not it's caused by internal conflict or environmental conflict or societal conflict. We all have to be aware of what is going on in our hearts and minds 24 7 365 days and it's hard like i said it's hard whenever you have depression and ptsd and you've been through so much it is hard but because you are still alive because i am still alive learning how to handle things and overcoming and working together as the body of abaya is well worth it and that is the purpose of this ministry as well, 
uniting each other and lifting each other so that no one ever has to feel like they are alone. I want to read a quote to you. It is by Unknown, which states, you have to believe in yourself, in your abilities, in your service, in your company, your ideas, unquestionably. You got to have faith, and that faith gives you patience. So, again, if you would like to buy Cynthia Held's book, Becoming a Woman of Faith, and I promise you, if there are gentlemen hearing this podcast or watching the video, you don't have to be a woman to interact and overcome self-doubt. Um, I really, again, like her books, so I put a link on the Lion's Tears ministry of this post to find her book, Becoming a Woman of Faith. And you can find it at the thechristianbookstore.com. And I think I paid like maybe 3 or $4 for mine used, and it came to me in great shape. And like I said, I always keep a journal and I log everything. So what you hear me talk about or read on the ministry website is exactly what I have in my journal. And like I said, Abba called me to be honest and help each other work through things and use my psychology knowledge to not only my benefit, but the benefit of you, my brothers and sisters. And so that is my purpose in this life. And I will do that until the day I die. But does that mean I'm not going to struggle with my own internal issues? Not at all. I will always have issues and I will always work on overcoming them. Whether or not I do so in a day or three weeks later, that's completely, again, up to me because I really, I don't know. I don't want every February to be sad. It just has been for at least since I was 12 years old. So I would really like to figure out how to get over my seasonal depression because that is what it's labeled as sad or seasonal depression and I know every February is rough so I try to prepare my family and my loved ones um, even though they already know that I might be moody and I apologize I just don't know how to turn that part of my brain off and I don't know if I ever can. I may try EDMR one day to see if that works, but I'm not 100% sure on that either. Because um, I know sessions like that can cost money and you have to be a specialist in EDMR, which is like bilateral stimulation where you're walked through a trauma and there's... um. Buying, I can't say the word, but there's tones that the therapist plays as you're talking about tragic events that help push those memories out of your mind. And like I said, most of the time I have a handle on 
everything, but come February, I allow myself to fall apart. Because really, I've come to understand this about myself as well. February is a grieving month for me. I lost my grandfather. I really lost the grandma I wish I had and wasn't mine. And then my aunt just got worse. And so we have to allow ourselves to go through the grieving process too. Grief, that never stops. And that's going to be a sermon for this um, season as well. How to go and handle grief. Because it's more than people dying. If you don't properly grieve the end of a relationship or the end of a job or, you know, just the end of any life experience, that can cause traumatic emotions and stress within yourself too. So that's also important to understand that you allow yourself to grieve because if you don't grieve properly, then you can and will experience bouts of self-doubt. And then you're going to go try to compensate by having someone, you know, tell you what you want to hear, but may not be the truth. And, and that's not okay. So we will talk about the grieving process because there is no time limit on grief. You can't just expect an important person or entity like a job or, you know, a position that you've had for so long and played an important part in your life to just, you know, be gone one day and you don't have feelings or emotions about it, like, for years to come. I mean, I miss my grandpa. I miss my aunt. And I still grieve for them. And I always will. Because grief has no time limit. But it's how we grieve that could be healthy or unhealthy. So we're going to talk about that too. So I hope that this next study on doubt really helps those. Because it has helped me. And again... My brothers and sisters, we're in this together, and Abba Yah will always lead us, and we just have to ask him for guidance, and he will show us and guide us and tell us what we need to do, just like he told me to work on my doubt. I listened, and now I'm giving you the message that he gave to me. As always, it's never goodbye, but I'll see you later.